Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Mike Cadlick, joined as always by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, we have quite a lot to get to today. Uh, we have some news, some injury reports. Uh, we'll break down the offensive and defensive side of the ball heading into Sunday's game against the Detroit Lions at 1 p.m. from Gillette. Uh, we'll quickly touch on some Thursday night football action tonight, and then we will open up the chat for, we're going to bring back a segment that used to be on this show, some live Q&A. So we'll get the chat yep. going, answer your questions. So, uh Got a lot to get to on this lovely Thursday, so we will start right off the top with today's Patriots news of the day. Uh, unfortunately, we got a little bit more clarity in the quarterback room. Uh, Brian Hoyer was placed on IR. He will miss a minimum of four games. It also likely means Bailey Zappi gets to start this Sunday, depending on Mac Jones' status. And once Mac Jones comes back, it looks like Bailey Zappi's going to be the backup quarterback here for uh, a little while moving forward, depending on what happens with Hoyer. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple ways you can go with this. I think it's an encouraging sign that Mac Jones is closer to coming back. I still think we're a week away before we can really start to have that yeah. conversation. But, you know, they they either feel really good about Bailey Zappi or they know Mac Jones is coming back sooner, both. Or, I mean, to be, it is a concussion, right? It is a concussion. Right. He might just have a bad one. And it didn't look like that, right? When the injury happened, he kind of got up. I, I don't even think there were any indications initially – until he got to the sideline and the, the spotters started talking to him. But yeah, I think that's a strong sign. We're going to see Bailey Zappi start this week and that Mac Jones is maybe the initial window was without surgery on the high ankle sprain four to eight weeks. I think we're maybe looking at, you know, three to four at this point. So yeah, you know, you don't want to call it encouraging. Obviously you hope Brian Hoyer's okay and all of that, but aside more clarity, I think at the quarterback position with this move. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you look at some video that came out the last few days from practice that you guys had down there, and uh, Max still looks pretty gimpy on that left yeah, leg. He's, he's out there. Well. He's limited in practice. He's not a DNP, which, again, that's more clarity in the room. It looks like a good sign, but he's so, gimpy. He's I not. Just, Go ahead. I just would caution people there's different levels of limited, right? Sure. Limited can mean you did everything but the, you know, kickoff drills at the end of practice limited can mean you did just the first drill and that was it. So I would guess, and this is just a guess, I would guess he's doing less than more. At practice, I would agree. Even though he is limited. It's them using the injury report to their advantage. hundred percent. Right. If he does right. absolutely nothing by league rules, it's again, it's, it's mending the rules a little bit. He, if, if he, he does absolutely nothing, he didn't participate. He has to do a do. It has right. to be a DNP. So that's, that's them doing their thing there. But, uh, 
yeah, again, he he doesn't he's not putting he's not putting all the weight on that left foot. It's still it's he's still flat footed. So uh, right again, we'll get into it more when we preview the offense first. This atrocious Detroit defense, but uh, looking like it's likely to be zappy time again on Sunday. Um, so again, wish the best for Hoyer, obviously, but that's what the QB yeah. room looks like. Uh, Pats have made another a few variety of moves uh, since our last show on Monday. And actually, night. I think at the other quarterback. Oh, I don't know if you're going to get to. I was going to say adding into the quarterback room Garrett Gilbert too, who they signed. Who? Yeah, I we'll mean, talk more about the Thursday. QB room. Okay. But yeah, yep. that that's. I guess we can get into that as another move they've made this week as they brought in Garrett Gilbert, who had been here in the past. Uh, I believe his third stint with the team. He yep. is. Uh, we know Bart's a college football guy. He came in for Colt McCoy in that. Uh, that's He's considered, bowl, I forget what bowl game it was, but he uh, his national championship. Was, it Alabama. was the national championship against. He, he was considered right. when he was in high school, arguably the greatest high school Texas high school quarterback of all time. He put up like insane numbers. Went to Texas and just he got hurt a little bit. Never really, uh, yeah. never really panned out. But you know, a good guy. He's been here. He's familiar with the offense. He said today he feels comfortable with the offense. And that's what Belichick said too when you, he was asked about it. They said, you know, why'd you bring in this yeah. guy? He said because he was available. So someone that knows could, the system. You could do worse than a fourth for a fourth string quarterback. You never want to be on your fourth string quarterback. And I know this where everybody's gonna be like, he's hyping up the fourth string quarterback. What a homer! Like they right. didn't, they didn't have to go to James Morgan, right? They didn't have to go to David Blau. They didn't have to go to <laughs> trying to remember who else was on that insane list that I published on Monday on ninety eight yeah. sportsub dot com. Um, you know, they didn't have to go. I, I, I they're. they're Somewhere right above dumpster diving with Garrett Gilbert. Right. Might be recycling bin diving, uh, but I wouldn't call it dumpster diving. Well, he's a guy who's played in the league too, right? So if you have to go to him, he has reps. Taylor Kyles. He's playing the league does. and he's played in your offense, yeah. Yeah, I saw this on Twitter. Taylor Kyles does some film work for us here on CLNS, but he had mentioned just that, like you said, Gilbert's a guy who he made a couple starts maybe two years ago with the Cowboys, I want to say. Yeah, um, yeah. In that in that rotation down, he, that's another that's another QB room with a ton of names, different right. names that come through Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert, etc. But uh, yeah, so looks like if Matt can't go, that Garrett Gilbert will dress for the Patriots right. on Sunday as their well, emergency I, backup. I, I think he'll dress as the well. No, I think he'll, oh, if Matt can't go, you're right. Yeah, if Matt can't go, yeah. but yeah, again, they didn't have to go to Danny Etling, Jeff Driscoll, right. Jordan Tamu, Kyle Sloter, Chase Garbers. <laughs> I finally found my list. Like yeah, there it is. They're one step above that. Right. Um, so yeah, that's where the QB room's at. Um, another big move this week: uh, rookie wide receiver Tyquan Thornton uh, is eligible yep. on the lower third here, and is has been designated to return from the injured reserve. Um, Thornton obviously had an amazing camp. He was he was the talk of training camp this year. He looked really solid, runs smooth routes. He has soft hands, um, gets off the ball fast. Uh, he's a guy who brings a lot of hope to this. Interesting Patriots receiver room, to say the least. So he returned to practice this week, and it uh, looks like he'll be able to – he has, what, 21 days? Is that correct, to return to game action? Yeah, so that essentially gives them a four-game window because of the way the calendar works. Um, yep. The latest he would be back is the Jets game, which is week eight, um, okay. is the absolute latest we would see him. Yeah, so that's another, another good sign coming in from uh, another Patriots rookie who uh, – yeah, was impressive early on. Any uh, any thoughts on Thornton coming back? Just what they can potentially do with him down the road, and if if he ends up getting the reps we thought he was going to before the season started. It's exciting. I mean, they're they've kind of turned into more of a spread offense at this point. At least that's sort of what they were doing before Mac got hurt. But expect to see more of it with Bailey Zappi under center. If yep. you're going to do that, I mean, that's about you know stretching the field horizontally as much as much as it is stretching the field vertically. So 
the more speed you have on the field, the better. And when you can throw out, if they do this, Nelson Aguilar, Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne, that's a ton of speed on the field. You can have fun with that. I don't think Thornton's going to be back this week. No, I would, I would be surprised. Uh, again, they have three weeks to bring him back. The time, the, the return to play timeline when he had the surgery was six to eight weeks. It was six weeks from the surgery this Monday. So he's still on the really early end of that. Yeah. He had a walk through practice. And we don't know how involved he was. He's not on the injury right. report, but um, we don't know, you know, how involved he was, but it was a walk through practice on Wednesday. There's a big difference between participating in a walk through practice and playing in an NFL game. So I think he'll be back. I think they want him back. I, did, I yep. think this week is a stretch. I think next week we start talking about it maybe a little more realistically. And then really in two weeks uh, against the Chicago Bears, which also times out based on return from IR, could be Nikhil yep. Harry's first game with the Chicago Bears, which would come back in Foxborough. Foxborough will return, be bumping that day. The biggest return for a former Patriot to Foxborough since who knows when has to be years uh, could also be uh, Tyquan Thornton's <laughs> first game back. So, I'm excited, but I would just tell people, you know, we're probably still a week or two away. I would be very surprised if he gets activated this week. Definitely. It's exciting. There's Twitter buzz surrounding it, but, you know, temper those expectations from now. It'll still be a few few weeks coming down for for Thornton. Um, Moving on here, uh, one more quick, um, I guess, news item, roster transaction. Uh, Marcus Cannon, who was signed to the practice squad a few weeks ago, uh, elevated last week and ended up coming in to spell a uh, struggling Isaiah Wynn was officially promoted to the 53 man active roster. Um, so that it just, again, adds, adds another body to that offensive line that is hot and cold. Every guy on there seems to be hot and cold. They're great when they're great and they're bad when they're bad. So uh, Cannon brings another aspect to that, the O-line there with, you know, Wynn struggling. Yeah, and, and I think he pushes Isaiah Wynn a little bit. Look, Isaiah Wynn yeah. got benched last week. There's no way around it. He got benched. He did not play well. Probably his worst game as a pro. Yep. Pressure's on. Pressure's on this week. And I know we'll get into the matchups in a little bit, but you can't, you know, let, let's just read the tea leaves here, Mike. And, and Bill's not telling us anything directly, which I know is sometimes even that's not enough for you. Which, which by <laughs> the way, I joke. I, I like Mike. I joke. Of course. Again, of course. Let's read the tea leaves here. No, Isaiah it's true, Wynn, though. Yep. Isaiah Wynn just had potentially his worst game as a pro. He got benched. They promote a longtime Belichick favorite from the practice squad to the active roster. Now Wynn's going to be facing a rookie this week in Aiden Hutchinson. Pressure's on, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I I think we talked about this on Tuesday. They're not going to bench Wynn after that one game. But the, the benching is kind of a wake up call. Like, hey, you got to get it together. If he comes out and gets punked by a rookie, and I know Aiden Hutchinson was the second overall pick, but he's a rookie. He's not just a rookie, but sure. He's a rookie. He's a he's if a he, rookie, exactly. If, right. If he comes out and gets punked by a rookie after that performance, Marcus Cannon is going to be right there, right there. So I, you know, I I think that this is a sign that they maybe see a here's the thing. If you leave Marcus Cannon on you, they could leave Marcus pra- Marcus Cannon on the practice squad and elevate him, but you can only do that three times. You right. do that for a guy this who's means more he's long term. Right. You do that more for a guy who's a matchup guy. They mm-hmm. clearly have, like you said, a long-term concrete week to week role in mind for Marcus Cannon. Is that that six tackle set? Is it pushing Isaiah Wynn for the job? Is it one and then maybe the other? We'll find out. But 
I, I think the Heat's really on Isaiah Wynn this week. He's somebody who's got to come out, and he's got to have a big game. Ideally, in a perfect world, we don't hear Isaiah Wynn's name once this week. That's the right. kind of game he needs to have, where he's just he's taking care of Aiden Hutchinson. He's not committing penalties. He is just doing his job, and he is off the radar. That's the kind of game you're looking at with him, and it, it's going to be interesting because one of the things Hutchinson does incredibly well, one of the reasons he was the second overall pick, he gets out of his stance real quick. He, yep. he is up and go. And, you know, facing a guy that has three false starts in four games, that's going to be something to watch. Football season is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Yeah, that building off the uh, the penalties and whatnot, right? Uh, yep. Win, reading a stat from Zach Cox from Nesson today, Win leads the Patriots with six penalties. Um, second on the team is 14 other guys tied with just one. So... Um, not only is it, you know, is he getting physically outmatched, but he's also getting mentally outmatched on the field. He is just, uh, he has not been great so far for the Patriots. So again, Marcus Cannon coming in, it's going to push him hopefully to do better. And uh, like you said too, it's looking more so like a long-term answer. So reading those tea leaves it when, when has to impress this week, like you said, against a rookie, um, right. You know, to be able to ultimately keep his job here. Uh, do you think, and it's tough, everyone's talked about it forever. Isaiah Wynn trades, um, trade deadline coming up, uh, relatively soon, I want to say. And, um, he's not playing well, but where would you say his trade value even could be at this point, you know, moving forward, especially with not, the elevation of Wynn? Not uh, high. Right? Yeah, yeah. Not high enough to justify trading him. It, Cause there's no, there, there's no tackle depth in the league. I mean, there's a tackle. Sure. We just assume, all right, there's 32 teams. Each team needs at least six tackles. That's going to be I, whatever 32 times three is right. Um, right. We just assume now I got to do neither it, of us gotta, and neither of us can do it off the top of our head. Belger and Maz rule. This is why you yeah. don't do math live on the air. You just yeah. assume. All right. They, it, it, every team needs at least three tackles. There's going to be 96 NFL caliber tackles in the NFL. That thing. Why? Why do we assume that? It's not necessarily true. There's going to be at least 96 tackles in the NFL. They might not all be NFL caliber. You see this at every position. There's ebbs and flows where the, you know positions are really good, and then they go through windows where, where there's not a ton. Uh, we just came out of, honestly, a cornerback draft. There was a cornerback yep. draft for a couple of years in the NFL. That's kind of cleared up in the last two or three seasons. There was a quarterback drought in the NFL you know, as recently as a couple of years ago, offensive yeah. line, I think is a position that for a long time, there was a surplus. There's not a surplus right now. There's a deficit of offensive linemen. So when at the very least, again, does he get you benched? Maybe, up. but he's still, a, you know, he gets benched. He's a high caliber backup player, right? You're, you're selling so low on him that I just, I, I don't think it makes sense to, to, to deal him at this point, unless, you know, it, maybe if they still had Justin Huron, it changes the conversation a little bit. Right, but they traded a tackle so far this, uh, they, this season. So. If they trade win, including the practice squad, they're down to two tackles. That's not enough. Right. And you still got to go yeah. out and get another tackle. So I just don't think his value, the time to do it was at the end of training camp if they were going right. to do it. I think what you're seeing right now is why they didn't 
and yeah. there he's he's going to be here for the rest of the year. I would be shy. And look, unless if somebody comes in and wants to give him a second round pick, go for it. But I just don't think the offer is there where it's realistic for them to trade him. Yeah. Looking like, like you said, a win trade won't happen, but yeah. regardless, it's a big week for him against the territorial lines. Um, all right. So that's the news. Um, let's quickly do some injury report news too, because it's another week going into week five that, you know, there's a lot of injuries uh, yeah. for both teams, but mainly the lions. We'll go through, uh, the way I think we'll do it is we'll go through some key players on the Lions since theirs is longer, and then we can go into uh, – we'll quickly go through everyone that was on the Pats, uh, Pats injury report today. Yeah. So uh, some DNPs from Detroit Lions uh, practice today. Notable linebacker, specialist, Bill Belichick guy, Chris Board, uh, did not practice with a knee injury. Uh, wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, who was a fantasy football stud throughout the first couple weeks, also did not practice for the second day in a row. And running back DeAndre Swift uh, was also a DNP today. So, and I, I believe think the, that Jeremy Fowler reported he doesn't expect Swift to play this. Yeah, week. that was that's where I was yeah. getting at too. Is that, that it was looking like Swift's uh, Swift's shoulder and ankle was kind of a let's sit him down for let's not quite IR him because we want to be able to bring him back within four right. weeks, but it's going to be at least a two week deal for Swift. So. DeAndre Swift will not play. That'll elevate Jamal Williams uh, into the starting role for the Lions. Um, but again, St. Brown, that's a big miss. And then uh, I guess another special teamer who Belichick loves is uh, looking like he is going in the wrong direction this week. Yeah, I think I, I I mean, I'll just go off the guys who are practicing, too, because I think it all ties in together. Their big offensive weapons are DeAndre Swift. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and TJ Hawkinson, and none of yep. those guys practiced on Wednesday. Hawkinson came back Hawk today. Practice today. He was limited, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm writing about this. It'll be up tomorrow morning on 98.5thesportsub.com, my key matchups for the week. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys in key spots dealing with injuries. If Hawkinson's the one guy, you know, big tight ends have kind of killed them. The Patriots here these last couple yeah. of weeks. Mark Andrews caught that touchdown. Robert Tunyon uh, caught that touchdown. Yep. Hawkinson is... I, uh, he's probably on par, maybe a step below Andrews. He's a step above Tunyon for sure. Yeah. He's a guy he's you got to like about. second tier. Yeah. Right. Like solid. So right. I think you look at Kyle Duggar here and, and Duggar mm-hmm. obviously missed that game two weeks ago against the Ravens. And he, he had a limited role last week against the Packers as he's working his way back from his knee injury. And he's been limited all week. That could be a big matchup. If, if Hawkinson plays and the Rams throw the ball and look, they're going to try to run to, to win this game. Are they going to be able to do that? We don't know. At a certain point, you'd think they're going to have to throw. So you need somebody on to, on Hawkinson. Yep. That's Kyle Duggar if he's healthy. And you've seen the result, right? I know everybody says the Patriots have been horrible against tight ends this year. They were fine the first two weeks when Kyle Duggar was healthy. Yep. And then they weren't when Kyle Duggar wasn't. I wonder if those two things are related. Spoiler alert, they are. So seeing Hawkinson come back to practice, I think of those three guys, he probably has the potential to do the most damage specifically against the Patriots. Well, Swift does because they run the ball a ton and, and they're a run first team. But Hawkinson, more than St. Brown, has, I think, more potential to do damage against the Patriots. So yeah. I think it could be a big game for Kyle Duggar if he's back to, you know, maybe not 100%, but 90%. He played about 50% of the snaps last week. He's generally a guy whose usage rate is above 80, maybe touching 90. They could use that kind of performance from him this week. So I'd say that's my big takeaway from the injury report uh, today yeah. is that Hawkinson looks like he's back. So for the Patriots, it would be really big to have Kyle Duggar back. Definitely, yeah. We'll get into those. Again, we'll get into those matchups a little bit more down the road here when we go uh, more yep. heavy into offensive defense. But like you said, Hawkinson limited. Um, look for that matchup with Duggar. And then 
Two other wide receivers for the Lions were also limited in DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds, who yeah. I, this Lions team on offense amazes me because they're they lead the league in yards, uh, or not yards, they lead the league in points game uh, points per game, and uh, it's a bunch of kind of fine receivers. I mean, Amon Ra has been a stud, but like even he didn't play last week, and guys like Josh Reynolds and uh, Chark didn't even play last week because it was Josh Reynolds right. and um, Khalif Raymond, the kid from Holy Cross, so. They're they're making it happen regardless in the wide receiver room, but uh, those guys did uh, were limited today. Looked like DJ Chark said he will play, um, so that's another one to look out for. Taylor Decker, full participant, one of those bookend stud tackles for the Lions. Yeah. Um, well, so the interesting yeah. one up front it, to me is Ragnow because they do yes, yeah, him too. Most the majority of their running they do not just between the tackles they do between the guards. I mean this is yep. old school. Like I'm gonna love this game. This is old school biting kneecaps, right? Dan Campbell football. Oh, so God, yeah. Ragnar's already missed a game this year. He's dealing with a foot injury. DNP mm-hmm. on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. If he's out, give me give me Devon Gotcha on Christian Barmore against the backup center. That could potentially be a major advantage for the Patriots. So, and it sounds like even if Gotcha does play, he's uh, sorry, not Gotcha. Even if Ragnar does Ragnow. play, he's not going to be a hundred percent. Gotcha has been on the injury report as well with the back injury, but yep. that's that's another spot where the Patriots could potentially normally an advantage for the Lions. The Patriots could potentially flip in this game. Yep, Frank Ragnow, a uh, Arkansas yep. Razorback. Is that correct? That sounds I right. Think he was an Arkansas Razorback, and he was definitely a guy who many people had mocked to the Patriots. Uh, I remember being a big ba- Patriots guy in that trap. Yep, Arkansas, I- good call. Yeah, Arkansas Razorback, an IOL guy or an interior yep. offensive lineman who, uh, you know, Belichick froths at the mouth over. Yep. So uh, all pro in 2020. Yes, a legit interior offensive lineman, so that would also be a big miss for the Lions. Um, Let's get into the Pats. They had four guys that did not practice at all today. Brian Hoyer, obviously, uh, went to IR. We already touched on that. Lawrence Guy with the shoulder injury did not practice. It's looking slim pickings for him again this week. Um, Demarcus Mitchell, another guy with a concussion, did not practice, uh, likely will not play. And then... Uh, John, Us- oh no, I'm sorry. There was three today. John, Smith. Yeah. I'm looking at the wrong one. Yeah. So that, that's the three that did not practice. Um, limited. We'll go for each one. We'll start with Kyle Duggar who limited today, but that could be a, uh, like you said, a matchup guy against Hawkinson this week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, uh, I think, do you just want to, I, I, let's do this. I'll just kind of give you my big ones from the list and you give me yours. Yeah. If people yeah, want to find up. the full injury report, it's on my Twitter at real Alex Barth. Uh, so a, a couple guys that stand out, obviously Mac being limited is notable. Although he's still, he'll, he's still limping quite a bit. John who being back, even in a limited sense, you know, given the report earlier this week that he was week to week, I think that's encouraging. He's got the low ankle sprain, but he seems yep. to be moving around. Okay. Today. So that's good to see. Like he was in, we only saw stretching today, but I mean, he was fully involved in the stretching. So I would call that encouraging. Yeah. I, I kind of gave my spiel on Duggar already as, as it relates to, to TJ Hawkinson. The other big one for me is Jacoby Myers, right? He's missed the last two games, sounded optimistic last week. He was going to play. So you feel like he's close. Bailey Zappi, like if they want to make Zappi comfortable, assuming he starts and they want to mimic that spread that he ran at Western Kentucky, it was heavily, heavily, heavily involved in the slot. I don't remember if I, um, if I gave, gave Jareth Stern's numbers on the last show, but I'll do it again. We talked about him. Yeah. Zappi, right. In 14 games, 15 catches, 1,900 yards, 17 touchdowns. Patriots didn't really have a slot last week with Jacoby Myers out. They kind of did everything on the boundary, everything on the perimeter. They did a lot of that six offensive line stuff, right, with Marcus Cannon as that tight end eligible. If you really want to make Zappi comfortable, you want to make him feel at home, give him a slot receiver to throw the ball to. 
obviously Jacoby Myers has potential there. We can talk about his coverage matchup here in a little bit, but yep. I think having him back, if Zappi is going to start, could be massive because it could be a big time volume day for him where if he's out, you're either erasing the slot altogether or you're going maybe speed slot with Nelson Aguilar, but that's not really a fit for what it's Zappi not real, did. Yeah, right. Or, or you're throwing LJ Humphrey the ball 10 times, which I'm not necessarily entirely against, but I'd rather have it be Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I agree. That'll uh, that'll definitely be able to open up their their playbook more with uh, what they're going to try and do. It's uh, right. li- which is like what is likely Zappy this week. You know, maybe some heavy running, but also you know take some shots when they have to. And him having that comfortable slot that he you know he had in college is definitely something to look at. Uh, the last one that I was um uh you know waiting on to see. We'll see what happens uh, come Sunday. Is Jalen Mills again? Still sure. limited. Still limited with the hamstring. Um, Jack Jones stepped up last week, as we know, at the boundary yeah. corner. But if he can't go, um, we mentioned it several times. I'm here. I tweeted about it and wrote about it on CLNSmedia.com. Just that um, he's a guy who, for better or for worse, is a ball hawk. So he can have a great day when he's ball hawking well, and he can have a really bad day if he's not. And that's just kind of the nature of the beast at that position. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he has to go as a start outside against what is – comparable but probably a better receiver room than what the Packers have you think so without so without assuming St. Brown doesn't it's going to depend on St. Brown it depends on Amon Ra I think Amon Ra puts them over the top yes if he doesn't play it's I I, I'd say advantage Packers all day agree yeah the the other thing though that's interesting with Jones in this game is I mean the big red flag with him last week was the tackling he right. had issues tackling, and it's clearly something he needs to work on. We talked about this last week. It's the case for a lot of young corners, but he's not there yet. They need 11 guys swarming to the ball this week in that yep. running game, right? The, not only do the Lions, they're running for 5.9 yards per carry. There's still a long way to go, but Mike, do you know the last professional football team, and I'm using that qualifier very carefully, do you know the last professional football team to run for 5.9 yards per carry in a season or better? Uh, it's going to be a team. I'm just going to tell you anymore. Yeah, it's no, they are still a team. The league doesn't exist anymore. It's the San Francisco the 1948 San Francisco 49ers in the All American Football Conference. Oh, I remember that season. Yeah, of course. Which later merged with the NFL. The the point being, the Lions can run the crap out of the ball. They do it in a lot of different ways. They block well, but those backs know how to pick up yards after contact. So again, that guy's swarming to the ball, finishing tackles, textbook tackling. We didn't really see that from Jack Jones last week. So right. it will be interesting to see how much he's on the field and kind of what sort of responsibilities they give him when they need all 11 guys on the field moving to the football and tackling and being in that kind of mindset this week. That doesn't mean he can't play. I don't want no, this right. to be like, hey, he can't be on the field, but something Some that watch. they right, something they need this week aligns with one of his weaknesses so it's going to be interesting right he played all but one snap last week i would think mm-hmm. that percentage goes down a little bit if if mills plays it's going to go down significantly it's going oh, to go down about 50 yeah, percent. right without mills i still wonder if you see some sets where uh you know maybe jabril peppers is playing some slot corner uh to just get them a little bigger on sure. the field things like that yeah um but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that slot corner position we touched on a lot on Monday night, just kind of yeah. how Miles Bryant struggled. But uh, maybe some Marcus Jones, a little. Well, so here's I don't the know. Thing. It's here's the Go thing. Ahead. Miles Bryant is a pretty good tackler. 
Yeah. Or is a pretty willing tackler. Marcus right. Jones, I it's tough to We've tell. We've yet we to really see, see him do yeah, it at the exactly. NFL level. Maybe he is, right. maybe he isn't. He was a fine tackler in college. I wouldn't call it a strength or a weakness. He he was about average. So this is, I know people don't want to hear this. In some ways, this is sort of a game where you might want to see Miles Bryant on the field a little bit just because he's going to give you more against the run. Yeah. It's third downs where I think they need to look like this week. We can have this conversation again next week on a, on, you know, in a more big picture basis, but this actually is a game where I think maybe you play miles Bryant a little more. And then on, on third in the obvious passing situations, I'd yeah. still like to see them try Marcus Jones, but you know, first down, second down, third and shorts, this actually isn't the worst game to have miles Bryant on the field. I know people don't want to hear that. And uh, you know, don't turn this into Alex Barth says miles Bryant should play hundred percent of the snaps, right. but he's actually going to give you something you need situationally this week if they put him in those right situations. And they especially need it on those third downs too. I think uh, they're letting up third down conversions 46 and change percent of the time. Which yeah, they're would towards be, the bottom of the league. Yeah, and that would be the second worst in the Belichick era. So they need, yeah. like you say, they need the tackling. So, I mean, that Jalen Mills, it's I'm, I'm watching that Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills, by the way, so. excellent tackler would be a great yeah, guy. Exactly. Him, right, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. But, um... So that's that for the news and the injury reports. Let's give a quick shout out to our sponsors at LinkedIn, and then we will deep dive into the offense and the defense. Uh, so as I've said before, these days, you know, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. Uh, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We've all been through the job hunt, Alex, uh, obviously, uh, several times here now as we slowly get older it's uh it's not fun but linkedin makes it much easier for these uh folks trying to post their jobs uh that's super easy to post your job as an employer uh you can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile and you can spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire we're nearing the end of 2022 here, and the right team member can be the perfect addition to help your company finish the year strong. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com beat. That's linkedin.com beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, as always, apply. Let's start with the offense, Alex, and uh, I think we can kind of – I think we're both on the same page here, and we can get this out of the way right away that Mac Jones is not playing this week for the Patriots. It's more likely than last week, but I would be pretty surprised. I, I Yeah. Again, he's – so the difference from last week to this week, just having been in practice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, last week he didn't – we didn't see him move. He stood there, he threw right. a couple balls, but it was only from the waist up, right? Feet just kind of facing forward. He's throwing the ball with his full body, and he actually looks okay doing it now, but he can't really move outside of that. And mm-hmm. why that matters is, let's say you have a two-minute drill for the game. you got to go in a hurry up. You can't have your quarterback limping up the field, right? He's got to right. be able to you know, get on the field, get off the field. You want to be you, you, your quarterback needs to be able to move, even if it's not mm-hmm. in plays. He needs to be able to move in between plays. So, and, and even within plays too, I'd say. Well, one of Max's strengths is moving around in the pocket. I mean, he right. he does that rather well. He you know he finds his lanes and he gets away from pressure when right. he can. He's uh, we know he's not the fastest guy, but he has a feel for the pocket, and that's that's. A and big. not just that, you can't have a guy. I guess this is probably what I should have started with. 
you can't have a guy back there who can't move. Right. And it, like, look, Tom Brady doesn't really move, but he's used to it. It's part of his game. And I'm not, not to compare Mac to Brady, but these like, there's so few of these statuesque right. quarterbacks, right? I could say, you know, uh, I go back to guys like Peyton Manning, guys like that who just stood in the pocket and that's all they yep. did. But, right. you know, quarterback's legs are a big way quarterback protects himself. You know, yep. being able to kind of scramble and move around away from rushers. If he can't do that, you're seriously risking him hurting himself more. Not necessarily in the sense that he's going to re-aggravate the ankle, but, you know, he's going to get himself lined up for a shot. Who knows what's going to happen? He gets hit hard. So I just, it does look like if, if it was flag football and he just had to stand back there and throw the ball, he could yep. do it. I The rest of it, I just don't know yet. I think he's still a week away before we seriously have that conversation. Yeah, and if you don't know what me and Alex are entirely talking about, you can check out uh, the video I tweeted. It was from, I took it from Mike Giardi from NFL Network, but then I kind of tweeted a close up. And there was also another one from NBC Sports Camera Guys today. Every, everybody, you, there's there's no can, shortage. You of can pictures. find it, but if, yeah. what I'm saying is, if you don't know, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can find it out there where you see yeah. that, like, obviously, you know, when you walk, right, your toes, your toes curl on both feet. Max left foot is like flat-footed and he's, he's just being moving very careful down he's not it's interesting you say that at all yeah i was talking to somebody today he is very he's clearly very aware of his toes right now exactly right and so that's i mean again not that, great yeah it's not it's not a good way to uh want to have to try and play the quarterback position especially so yeah um looking like the bailey zappa show on sunday uh it's yeah. happening i've said it several times on twitter now and, and it's absolutely hilarious you know who had good uh, – no, you know who had good Bailey Zappi puns of being dead serious? Yeah. Dietrich Wise. When we talked to him yesterday, half the press conference was just him making Bailey Zappi puns. That's it's it good, good stuff. Time. It's funny. It's a fun name. He's such a fun guy. He's great. Oh, yeah. I, I had so. spoken to him a few times during camp, and uh, I'll actually be down at Gillette tomorrow uh, afternoon for some uh, for some in-person coverage for CLNS Media. So you, you can go. check that out on Twitter. But uh, I'm excited to hopefully get you know get a chance to speak with Zappi again just about the potential for uh, – for Sunday, because like we said, it's looking like it's going to be the Zappy show. So the Patriots and Bailey Zappy and Matt Patricia at the helm are going against the wor- the league's worst defense. I almost said the world's worst defense, which it also it might be. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're letting up it's 35. Them or, it's them or the Colorado Buffaloes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, they're letting up 35.3 points per game, which is worse than the NFL. Their pass defense only has one interception. The Giants are the only team with zero every uh Besides that, they're you know second worst in uh, turning the ball over as a pass defense, and their run defense is even worse. They're letting up five point six yards per carry, and they've let up ten rushing touchdowns, which is uh, those are both the most as a defense. Um, so it looks like, uh, yeah, I've thought about it more this week. The way they're going to try and win this game because have Zappy at the helm. We talk about a spread system at both Houston Baptist and Western Kentucky where he was just slinging the ball across the yard, led the NCAA in passing yards and touchdowns last year. So like, Not how do they care? Set single season career records. Correct. So like, right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You got you. Yes. Yeah. Let, sorry. He beat Joe Burrow. I, I like, I exactly. like putting it that yeah, way that's, that's because the then way people have to go there because he beat, he beat Joe Burrow. He, he right. did better than Joe Burrow. You say it that way, it gets who, people freaked out. Yeah, who many said had the best season ever when they went and won the national championship with LSU that year. So Zappi can sling the ball from a spread offense perspective, but is that really what they're going to do? The more I thought about it, the way Belichick likes to you know enter these games when their backs are against the wall like this is they're going to establish the run as much as possible, especially against this yes. Lions defense. But I still think they have to throw when they can. 
they do have to, and look, the Lions are going to score. So right. they can't eliminate the passing game. Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting is where Bailey Zappi actually sort of looked his best last week, and it's a very limited sample size. Let's keep that in mind. But where he looked at his best last week was in some of that, that play action stuff, right? The yeah. under center play action stuff, even though he was never under center in college. I think he's actually gotten pretty comfortable with that in a short period of time, which is good to see. Yeah. So I like, I, I think you got to run the ball a ton. I saw somebody in the chat say over under 25 pass attempts for Zappy, assuming the game doesn't get out of hand, right? Assuming not they're they're never in a situation where like they have to pass for most right. of the game. Yeah. I think 25 is probably the high end. The number I've been saying uh, all week is 15 to 20. If it's close 20 to 25, if they end up behind a little bit, um, I, I, so I, I'd like to see them run the ball a lot from under center and use that to open up some of that play action stuff. Yeah. Because the one thing about this Detroit defense, they are aggressive. And I talked about this yesterday with Evan Lazar on the catch 22 podcast, which people can, can check out on patriots.com. That's going to be a Get weekly thing back. with me and him. There you go. Um, <laughs> and then check this. So I'll be here Tuesday, patriots.com with Evan on Wednesday, back here on Thursday. Well, Monday or Tuesday here uh, yep. with Evan on Wednesday, back here on Thursdays. Um, they are very aggressive. Here with me. Yes. They are very <laughs> aggressive, you know, play action, draw, whatever it is. They, they bite hard on that initial read. So I think if they can do some of that under center run stuff, turn it into play action, that's probably their best bet to win the game. Agreed. And uh, again, I, I just think that they can't, Building off that, that's their best bet to win the game. And they also, if it gets down to it at the end, I just beg them to not play as scared, frankly, as they did at the end of the at the Green Bay game. Because I right. I could say I could sit here and say it until I'm blue in the face, but I really think they had a chance to to grab that one in Green Bay last week and they just didn't. So they have to let Zappy they can't be scared to let Zappy sling it if they have the opportunity to. Because again, right. those play action passes last week worked. He had a couple really nice plays from the pocket. Did he have a couple bad ones? Sure. First game jitters. Full week of prep with Zappy at the helm. I think they can, they have a chance to, you know, exploit this terrible Detroit defense. So that to me is the big question going into this game. We talked about it on, and I, I think we talked about it on Monday. I might've talked about it on Wednesday. I'm going to do that a ton here, but the, the big question, and we don't know. I mean, this is just, they know when we're going to find out. I, I get why they were super cautious with Bailey Zappy last week. I totally understand that. Right. Who knows how many reps he got in practice. It's his first time dressing in an NFL game at Lambeau field. Aaron Rodgers on the other side comes into a close game. Like I get it. You want to make sure the moment's not too big for him. You don't want to complete in total meltdown, but the circumstances are a little different here. You're at home. You're against the league's worst defense. He has a full week. You would assume behind the scenes has a full week knowing he's right. the starter you can open it up a little more. I'm not saying totally, you know, cut the straps loose, but there should be more room to operate this week. Will there be, or will they go back to what they did last week? Because that they believe that's the full extent of what Bailey Zappi can do. And that's why they did what they did last week. And that's why they were so cautious at the end of the game. We we don't know. I mean, that's what this game is going to be about. That's the big question coming in uh, that we're going to have to find out. Right. And I want to clarify too, that, you know, as much as I keep, you know, messing around with it on Twitter, you know, Bailey Zappi this, Bailey Zappi that, let the kids sling it, spread offense. They have to run the football as much as possible this week in an effort to win because Trent Brown was in it last week. He was he was revving up those engines trying to, you know, 
Keep pounding the rock. Let's go. He'll get like that again this week. Marcus Cannon, if they get him going the way he looked, he looked really solid on the line last week too. They can win this game. They can win. They're going to have to win this game with their run game. But I'm just saying, don't you know? Don't play it scared either with Zappy there. So right. Um, but I still think Z- go ahead. Zappy or no, run the damn ball. Oh yeah, for run sure. I mean, again, the if, damn ball. Well, that's how that's how they compete, right? They did it last week, and they. They competed last week against. Uh, we had talked about this either here. We get we get confused on our shows here too. But it was either here or on the Patriots post game show on Sunday night. Just that the Packers are a good football team, and they competed and went to overtime with their third string quarterback right. because this team's actually not. Everyone you know, craps down the Patriots, right? They're not that bad here. They've played close games and they have the opportunity to win one again here on Sunday against Detroit. So. That's my spiel. Anything else on the offense before we switch over to defense? Yeah. So if they do throw, and I kind of talked about this earlier, if they do throw a mm-hmm. zappy, I think you're going to see, and, and Jacoby Myers is healthy. And I know those are two whips, but let's, it's kind of trending that way, right? Mm-hmm. There's a real opportunity there for success. I, I hope that if they are throwing, they're yeah. designing the game plan around Jacoby Myers, not just because he's been, you know, it's because what, what zappy's comfortable with, but the Lions slot corner is a guy named Mike Hughes. You might remember him. He was with the Chiefs last year. He's the guy that got absolutely cooked by Gabe Davis in that playoff game. And yep. Gabe Davis is a pretty good player, but Mike Hughes maybe helped get him some of that hype because he hasn't been as good this year. So it's two things about Mike Hughes that stand out. First off in coverage, he's been targeted 20 times this year through four games. It's allowed 16 catches for 240 yards, 15 yards of completion on what is that? 75, 80% completions. Yep. So he's a guy you can throw on, uh, especially because 5'10, 186, Jacoby's like 6'2, 210, big size advantage if he gets away from him. Secondly, they, and they're, like I said, they're an aggressive defense in the way they pursue right. the ball, but also their calls. They have blitzed Mike Hughes a ton. They've sent Mike Hughes on a blitz 11 times in four games. That's wow. An insane number for that's a from a from a cornerback. Yeah, that's insane. Right. So, what does that mean? That means free releases for Jacoby Myers. And right. what you want to do in that kind of quick hit spread offense, and, and coaches talk about this all the time when you run that all systems, but especially in this system, it's yep. called throwing into the blitz. Right. Yep. Oh you, yeah. You think you you don't want to be at the blitz? No. If the corner's coming, that creates a void. Right. Somebody's got to fall right into that them. void. Yep. Just throw right. Have Jacoby just quick hitch, right? Five yards, turn around, boom, balls right there, corner blitz, nobody to cover it. Like, yep. If the Lions are going to send Mike Hughes, Patriots should cash in on that all day. Even if they don't send Mike Hughes, the Patriots should be able to take advantage all day. But if they're going to blitz Mike Hughes multiple times in this game, now Bailey Zappi has to recognize it. And this is where it's tough for yeah. a rookie corner. And, and, you know, you hope the offensive line helps him out. But that, you know, that could be an area where they can really attack in the passing game, this Detroit defense. The variable here is, well, you look at who the Lions have faced thus far, the Vikings, and look, Adam Thielen, it's not what he was. He's still fine, but they're elite receivers on the outside. Oh, yeah. uh, they face the Eagles, elite receiver, elite receivers on the outside. Yeah. Uh, the um, They played the Seahawks last week, elite receiver on the outside, and I'm missing one of their games but it's a uh, it's another team with an elite receiver on the outside. Oh, it's the Commanders. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, right? Yeah. So Mike Hughes has been in the slot because the number one receiver has been on the outside. Now, yep. they've shadowed Jeff Okuda 
who was the third overall pick two years ago Ohio State on the number did. one receiver. Ohio State, yep. nasty, great player in college. Beast. He's been he's been banged up. He only played ten yeah. games his first two years in the league. Didn't I was going to say people think he's a bust, but he's not really. He's not a bust yet. He just hasn't had the opportunity. He to hasn't played. He's exactly. been the man this year. He locked up Terry McLaurin. No targets, mm-hmm. no catches. He yep. held. I'm going to get these two backwards, but between Justin Jefferson and Devonta Smith, one was three catches for 22 yards. One was two catches for 16 yards. The numbers look rough on DK last week, three catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was like 70 yards. I was going to say it was one big play. Yeah, right. He's basically in four games against four elite receivers. Akuda's gotten beat once. So, The question is, they've shadowed him, right? He's not left side, right side. He's been with the other team's number one receiver. I get. I, I honestly don't know why they didn't put him on A.J. Brown and Philly instead of Devonta Smith. But right. the reason I, I, I give you all this information here is, are they going to look at it if Jacoby's healthy and say, that's the guy we want to erase, that's going to be Jeff Akuda's assignment, or even once the game starts – Maybe Jacoby toasts Mike Hughes a couple times early on, and they say, all right, we're making the change. Right, we're going to put Jeff Akuda in the slot. Now, maybe they put him on Nelson Aguilar, who's been very good this year and been explosive this year. And I think that's – if you're the Patriots, you take that matchup. Let them erase Nelson Aguilar in a game totally, where you're probably right. not going to throw down the ball down the field much, right, and, and and keep eating in the slot. But that's that, to me, is the most damaging thing the Lions could do to the Patriots in terms of the matchup is put Jeff Akuda in the slot on Jacoby Myers – because now you have to win with Bailey Zappi throwing the ball to the perimeter, and that becomes a little bit more challenging. So that's right. that's definitely something to watch in this game. That's I couldn't have said it better myself, Alex. And that's something they have to be ready for, obviously. You know, as sure. And I'm sure they're prepared for both. Right. Situations. I mean, if you're prepared for it, they are as well. But I'm saying, yeah. like, that's something that it sounds like. Oh, oh, sh- oh, shit! They're gonna have Jeff Okuda, you know, lock up this one guy in the Patriots. Like, no, you can you can get through that, but it's you know, it's something they have to be prepped for. So. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how they play it, and we'll see how the Patriots react to it. Um, as we sit here and we, you know, begrudge this Lions defense for being the worst defense in the league, uh, the the Lions also have the league's leading offense. Um, so they average yep. 35 points a game. Uh, I don't believe – I don't have the numbers in front of me anymore. But so the Lions on offense average 35 points a game, and they let up 35.3. Touchdowns, they are- they've scored. They've scored, I want to say, 12 touchdowns, and they've let up 13. They've scored, I don't know how many points, but then they've let up one point more. So, like, they are right there, neck right. and neck, shootout track meet football every single week. They're Jared middle of Goff, the league in, uh, in point differential. They are the 15th, exactly. 16th, whatever it is, team in point differential. Right. So, it's like, it's right there. It's been neck and neck every week. They're a fun watch. I think that I think this week's going to be different. Um, we'll talk about that if we get into some, you know, predictions ultimately down the line here but yeah jared goff middling quarterback uh actually finding some some success um playing from behind these last few weeks and also having you know some pretty good weapons around him and uh they're so they sort of just let him sling it there and he's uh he's finding success here um they have legit tackles in taylor decker and panay sewell and then they have a solid interior line in frank ragnow as well so yeah so that you know that uh, that offense can play um Swift is not going to play. Jamal Williams is going to, like we said, get thrust into that running back role again. They're going to pound the rock with him, and they're going to try and establish the run and then let Goff pass when when he has to. 
not the same, but I guess it's a similar way the Patriots might play this game. Um, so I'm interested to see how much they can lock up Jared Goff because the last two times Belichick played Jared Goff, it was Goff's rookie year. The Rams were on an 0-7 streak to finish the year. It was the end of the Jeff Fisher era, and Goff and the Rams came to New England, and they just completely – he had nothing, he had nothing to do. Right. The second time was Super Bowl 52 against the Rams. Is that 52? 53? 53. 53. Same thing. Belichick had Goff's number all day. Um, Don't think third time is going to be the charm for Goff here. Um, We'll see what happens. But, you know, thoughts on what they kind of do here. So they also played in 2020, and Goff actually won that game. was 24-3. to That was, remember, they had the back-to-back in L.A. They smoked the Chargers. Oh, that was the Cam Newton year. Yep. Okay, you're right. And look, the Rams won that game 24-3. Goff was pedestrian. Yeah, sixteen to twenty-five. But they had a touchdown zero. and a pick. Yeah, Cam threw a pick six at like the end of the half or something. Yeah, on a screen. Um, yeah. The, the the point being that they've handled Goff pretty well. Yeah. That to me is the game plan. Uh, you know, right? They're they're the number one offense in the league in terms of points. They're the number one offense in the league in terms of yards. Their rushing offense is elite, number one in the league. Passing, yep. they're eleventh. So they're good, but they're not. You know, they're they're better than most, but they're not great. Yeah. To me, and, and they're da- they're down multiple receivers. They're probably going to be down. Yep. They're going to be down at least one. I would they're be shocked gonna, at yeah. this point. I don't think if St. Brown play. plays right after missing two practices, they're down a couple of their their tertiary guys as well. If you said Shark said today he's going to play, so he figures yeah. to be the number one. But if I'm the Patriots, I stack the box four three, get big on defense, put Juwan Bentley in the middle. Give me Anthony yep. Jennings on one end, Dietrich Wise on the other, Godshaw, Barmore, rotate in Carl Davis, and say, beat us with Jared Goff throwing to DJ Char. And, uh, sorry, so get big in the box. Kyle Duggar with help over the top on TJ Hawkinson if he plays, yep. and say, beat us with Jared Goff throwing to DJ Char. I think you, you, you have to make that the game for them. Look, it's easier said than done. They still might be able to run the ball. I think taking away Hawkinson is huge. Taking him yeah. away is huge, and I think they realistically can do that. So do that over the top, stack that box, try to take away the run, and make Jared Goff beat you throwing a football to those wide receivers. I think that has to be the game plan for the Patriots, yep. and they should be able to execute it. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see to what extent is kind of the question, but that's how I'd approach this. Get, get big, seven, eight in the box, help over the top on Hawkinson, and yeah, go for it. Go ahead, Jared uh, Goff. Go ahead. Let's see what you can do. Uh, that's my point exactly too. Like kind of, as I outlined that with the whole making Jared Goff beat you thing, right? That's what they're going to do. Stack it up, defend the run as well as you possibly can. A guy like Jelani Tavai, even maybe in the middle a little bit run stopper there. Sure. Oh no, this could be, this could be, and I'm going to get another Tavai game. I have said that it is a Miles Bryant game, and now I will say it is a Jelani Tavai game, but But I'm with you and you know, I'm the Tavai hater here. And I think it's a huge, you put your best, Biggest best tacklers on the yep. field. That's what you're doing. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let let Goff try and beat you. Um, but again, I guess with, with this stipulation that because I think that's what the Lions did last week. They sold out on the run, and yeah. it created some play action stuff where T.J. Hawkinson ran wild. Eight catches. I think he had right. what 170 yeah, he yards, last week. maybe 180 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. So sell out for the run with the caveat that you have to have an eye on T.J. Hawkinson. And again, that's yeah. where I think having Kyle Duggar at close to hundred percent could be huge. Like he could, he's potentially the pivot point in this game of yeah. just how well the Patriots defense performs huge. I know we, we said miles Bryant game. We said Jelani Tavai game. 
really, ultimately, defensively, it may be a Kyle Duggar game Kyle Duggar more game. than anybody else. So let's do a quick exercise on that then, and let's. Yeah. Okay. Where do first of all, where do you th- do you think Jalen Mills is going to play? It, what can we assume on that? I can't. I, that's a tough one. Sometimes I get a read on this. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. I so I wonder if they do with him like what they did with Duggar last week, where he's active and he plays maybe like forty percent of the snaps just to kind of let him ease back into it. I don't think he's going to be like a 90, 100% snap guy. I So, yeah, okay, okay, there we go. There's my answer. I talked through it. I think he plays, but I think he's limited. I think he plays back. Okay, half. so let's, then let's assume let's assume Mills is active. Let's assume Amon Ra is not. How do they match sure. yourself against those Lions receivers? Well, all right, Duggar. so again, we'll we'll start with Duggar and Hawkinson. Yeah, we'll do Duggar and Hawk, lock him up with help over the top with McCourty and Phillips and those guys. I you know I don't know that there's many guys that scream for matchups. Like, sometimes it's it's very specific. Yeah, I, I guess you put John. I guess I'd go Jack Jones on DJ Shark with help over the top. Put John Jones in the slot, and then Jalen Mills. See, it's tricky because Josh they play- so, to think about it this way: Josh Reynolds is a six-four guy, and uh, I want to. I can't remember how Shark is. I'm looking now. Shark six-four as well, so they have, they're big guys. Regardless. Well, but Reynolds is a burner, right? Reynolds is fast. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess there. I'd go John Jones on Reynolds. I'd split um I'd split Jack Jones and Jalen Mills on Shark. I, I might try, like I was a little surprised I didn't play Sean Wade last week. He was active, but he was a DNA yeah. healthy scratch. There's just I, I don't think that there's necessarily a wrong way to write it up if if St. Brown doesn't play because none of these receivers are really that great. Yeah. I if St. Brown plays, I'll tell you this. It's Sean Jones on St. Brown for sure. Yeah, that's 100%. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, all right. So I'll, I'll assuming he doesn't, I'll go with with, with what I said before. Put uh, put John Jones on, on Josh Reynolds to match the speed. Jack Jones and, and Jalen Mills pulling on DJ Chark. You, you spell Jalen Mills so he can ease his way back in. And then I guess it's Miles Bryant or Marcus Jones or Sean Wade on Khalif Raymond in the slot. Works for me. Um, and then I don't, I, I tend to agree of, again, because like, you, yeah. go ahead. No, I would just add, cause we normally do, we talked about tight end. We normally do the running back too. DeAndre yeah. Swift's a threat out of the backfield. I don't know that Jamal Williams Jamal or any Williams of those other guys him. are right? right. So I think you could probably get that handled with Mac Wilson or Adrian Phillips or, or, or Jabril peppers. And I, I don't think you need to expend too much covering the backs right. in this game. Yeah. It's not. You know, we like I said, I guess we start the exercise, right? But then the more you talk it through, it's like, okay, without yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown, it's not a huge matchup heavy game. It's it's cover these guys the best that you can. They're, they're all kind of, I mean, they have different skill sets, I guess, but it's a similar, it's a similar, I don't know, they're similar guys. So, right. It's not, it's not a scary, you know, wide receiver core in general. So, yeah, I guess that's good for the defense. Um, any, overarching thoughts, maybe some predictions. I'll throw a prediction out before I or hand it to you first. Well, let's not forget special teams here. Bill called uh, Jack Fox, the Lions punter a weapon. And yeah. Okay. It was interesting last week to hear uh, both Marcus Jones and Cam Accord kind of talk about, they might've taken, you know, they might've just decided not to field the ball because they, they didn't want to risk it. They were playing super conservative. Is that something yeah. we see again this week? So, and even hearing Cam Accord talk about how sometimes they want touchbacks because of the returners. 
it's just it's it's going to be Khalif Frame is a pretty good returner. So it's going to I wonder if they're going to go super conservative on uh, on special teams again. I apologize. My mic's having issues. I personally can't tell. So I hear it fine know. now. Um, it went okay. in and out a little bit earlier, but I got you fine now. Um, OK, so, yeah, another okay. one. Special teams, like you said, I think that. Is it Jack Fox? Jack Fox? Do I have Jack that right? Fox, yep. Yeah, he, he completed a pass last week. Uh, obviously, uh, assuming the next week, the way Belichick preps special teams and the way they watched the film from last week, the Lions aren't going to run any trickery against the Patriots this week. But I guess you never know. We'll see what happens. But the two teams that, I guess, pride themselves a little bit more on special teams than anybody else does in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll watch out for all that, too. Um as far as a quick betting angle, the Patriots are three-point favorites, and the total's at 46.5. When I went on uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub with Adam Jones the other night, um, we talked a little bit about the gambling angle and the fact that there's this three-point there's this three point give to the home team, as always. So, in theory, this is looking like it's an evenly matched game, according to the oddsmakers. The other thing that's interesting to me, though, is that the total is very low. The Lions, I want to say, have... In their four games, have there's been an average of like 71 points per game. The Patriots have averaged right around 43, 44. Yeah. So this tells me that, you know, reading the, we've used this saying, we use this saying a lot, but reading the tea leaves from the odds makers here, yeah. it's telling me that the Patriots and at minus three is the play because the odds makers think that the, the game's going to be played at their pace. Um, well, I, the one other thing I wonder with that, though, is both teams are run the ball a lot is they're just, the clock's going to be running. Is there just not gonna yeah. be enough time to score a lot of points? Right. And that might, that might not be playing the game. The Patriots want, I don't, the lions won't throw the ball if they don't have to. So I, I, I wonder if some of it too, like, I don't know if you can bet on this, Mike, I'm sure you, you find odds on anything. You anywhere, can find it. What's the first game from the one o'clock window to go final? Because I bet you this game I would like be that. the favorite. Yeah, I bet you be this game would be too. the favorite on that list. But I think if the I, f- I think if the game's played that way, the Patriot it's going to be a Patriots win, because they like to play that way more. So I mean, clearly the Lions like no. to score points, and granted they're one and three, so I guess but they don't the like Lions want to run way. the ball. If the Lions never get into a situation where they have to pass, they're they're doing pretty well. It's, it's also we've seen too. how the Patriots have been in close games and with a third string quarterback, right? You know, yeah. But I I, I would bet this game we might be done at three, three fifteen on Sunday. Like it's going to fly by. Yeah, it'll fly. Um, you can check out my full prediction and, you know, gambling preview and whatnot at clnsmedia.com. Um, oh, wait, so hang on. Let I, me ask you this. What, what was the over under again? Uh, 45 and a half, 45 and a half. So let's call that 46 points. Patriots okay. are favored by three. Yep. So the odds makers are saying, cause you can, you can kind of get the final score out of that. Right. So if it's 46 yeah. points combined, split evenly would be 23, 24, 22, 24, 21. So the odds makers are basically around there. like they're saying like 24, 20, 20 or yeah. 24, 21 is what they're saying. Yep. They're saying yeah. it's going to be a 24, 21 game. Yep. My, my, my prediction here, I guess, I mean, you can read it in full, but my prediction at the end of it all, 24, yeah. 20 Patriots. I say Patriots minus three is a pick and the total goes under. I think that that's what yeah. we're looking at here. Um, any any closing thoughts on that before we get into? I guess we can talk quick Thursday night football, but I want to open this up to the chat too because well, I want to answer some questions. Look, throw a throwback game, man. It's good. I, like I yeah. just, oh, seen oh, those yeah. helmets all week. I got yeah, the bold yeah, one yeah. today. That was pretty cool. Um, That's hey, man. I I hope they win. Eleven and one in the throwbacks since they since they stopped wearing Pat Patriot undefeated at home in the throwbacks. 
um, they got to keep that going, man. It's going to, it's going to be cool. The big question, right. Is what's going to be at midfield. Is it going to be Pat Patriot? Is it going to be flying Elvis? I can't imagine they change it. They're being very close to the vest about this. Like everybody I ask, nobody has They're an answer. Saying it. Okay. I so my thing with that is a lot of college teams now. Yeah. I guess you see it in basketball a lot, but you also see it in college football. When they change their uniforms, they change everything. Right. They change they change the banners at the stadium. They change the banners on the inside of the stadium around the first row. They change the paint. I don't Which know the what the Patriots I was going to say the Patriots They've haven't done, done that. that in the past, though. I don't think. I can't really remember. But So they didn't always do that in the past, but it's a, it's a like league initiative now. I, exactly. It's going to look super weird if they change everything else and not the end zones in midfield. To me, the, I, was I, say, like, I, I think, think they're going to. I think, I think they're, they're going to do it. Yeah. The real question is, if you go back to those eras, right, you watch the games, the end zone was red. It was a red yeah. background with the Patriots font in it. So that, to me, is, I think we're going to see Pat Patriot at midfield. I think we're going to see that that old school, like the 70s the, word, the mark, word mark, right? Yeah, in the too. end zone. The question to me is, will it be just on green, like how they usually have it, or will they paint the entire end zone red? That's going to be interesting. It, this sounds like a Sunday where me and Alex will both be there at the stadium. This sounds like me and him are going to be knocking at the door to uh, – we'll be the first ones there trying to get the oh, first yeah. picture out on oh, Twitter to check out, what, on check out what that field looks like on Sunday. So yeah. uh, it'll be exciting well, let's, for let's sure. Let's be honest. Mike Reese will beat us, but I'll be I'll – be Yeah, that's fair. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'll be there early as well. Um, you guys have heard my hot take on here. I said it last week. Not huge on the jerseys themselves. I love the helmets. But the helmet mixed with the jersey – Mixed with the excitement, waiting to see this field and the banners. It, I can't lie. I can't even lie to you and say that I'm not pretty fired up to see it all. So, uh, yeah, I guess we can get some questions trickling in here. Um, we'll open up the Q and A section, and I can kind of facilitate that and see what questions you guys all have in the chat. Um, but as they trickle in quickly, we also have Thursday night football coming up tonight. We have uh, the Colts at the Broncos. The Broncos are favored by three. Um, what do you, do you have any thoughts on that? What do you think about tonight's game too? Uh, no Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Yeah, it's going to be bad football. I can't wait. Yeah, it is. I, I just, you see what I, Brady said too? Yeah. Brady said well, there's been a lot of bad football around the league lately and he's not wrong. I mean, this league is, is very, very top heavy right now. This is what happens when you basically don't let teams practice and look, I get yeah. why they do it, but this is what right. happens. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just can't wait to see what Nathaniel Hackett's going to do. Like it, it's worse. I mean, he had to hire somebody yeah. to basically manage the timeouts, the play calling, all that. He basically hired somebody to be the head coach. Yeah, I don't right. know what exactly is left that Nathaniel Hackett's yeah. doing that this other guy he hired isn't. But, oh, I hope he blows it tonight somehow, some way. It's fun to watch. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, my pick is ultimately Broncos minus three. I hate it because I hate watching this Nathaniel Hackett football team, but I don't know about the Colts without Jonathan Taylor either, so we'll see. First question. Where's the game? And I'm, Where's the game? Uh, it's at Denver. I'll, I'll take that. Road team rarely rarely wins on Thursday night yeah. football. Yeah, I kind of always just fall um, back on that. I'm double checking that, but I do believe it's in. Denver. No, it is in Denver. Um, I just looked. You're right. It's. In so you got it. Okay, cool. So yeah, uh, so road team rarely wins on Thursday night football. Yeah, exactly. Never mind in that high altitude change. So I like Denver tonight. Um, let's take a look at some questions in the chat. With this first one being something we didn't really touch on when we talked offense too much. Was there? We touched a little bit on Jacoby, but we didn't touch a lot on the rest of the position. Yeah. Will Kendrick Warren get more playing time on Sunday? I don't think this week, just because, again, they're going to want to run the ball, and they seem to like to have LJ on the field when they run the ball so they can – because he's a better blocker. 
I think when Mac comes back, you're going to see KB play more because he was playing more over those first three weeks until Mac got hurt. I think they're starting to understand the value of him playing more. The wild card here, though, so I, I say that assuming things stay the same, they're not going to stay the same. Tyquan Thornton's going to come back. Right. Bourne's the fourth guy in the totem pool right now. He's probably the most similar player stylistically. So it does feel like Thornton's going to get some of his snaps. Now, I think they're going to ease Thornton in. I, I don't think Thornton's going to take a ton of his role right away, but um, I think he's going to play more initially. Once Thornton comes back, though, he, he might dip again. It's going to yeah, be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, we got one here that says, uh, just touch on Thornton, please, but we literally just did. So Yeah, we did earlier in the show. Yeah, um, we talked about it too. Check it out. I don't think he's fully 100% yet. I think he's healthy enough to practice in a yeah. limited capacity. There's a big difference between taking part in a walkthrough and playing in an NFL game. So I think he'll be back when he's ready. You know, it's going to be within three weeks, but I think we're probably still a week or two away from fully having that conversation about him being uh, on the active roster. Yeah, I, I agree. We got one here on Bailey Zappi uh, this week. Will they trust Zappi to throw if they have to? Short routes, crossers. I think they already did this last week. I think they did trust him on yeah. a few crossers here, a couple short routes when they had to. But my problem the whole time has been they didn't – I feel like they just didn't do it when they had to, right? They had their opportunities on some play action, on some crossing routes. You know, he had a couple to Aguilar. Obviously, he had the touchdown, which I believe was a crossing route, you know, all the way across the field from Devontae Parker. So they trusted him to do – some, I just want to see them. I want to see him trusted more this week. Yeah. I, and, and that's kind of what we talked about before, right? How much yeah, more are right. they really going to let him do? Right. I do think it's mostly going to be that quick hitter stuff. I think that's where they trust him. The yeah. Most. Yeah. Um, y'all like this one. Is this offense missing having a fullback? <laughs> it, I mean, they ran the ball well the first two weeks. So yeah. I don't think that's exactly the reason they're struggling to run the ball it would certainly help in that regard, but you know, you're putting a fullback on the field. They already don't have enough snaps for other wide receivers. My hot take when I was on with Evan yesterday, again, on Patriots.com mm -hmm. shameless plug was that they yeah, should the potentially at, at least, if, especially if John who's hurt, right. Go to 10 personnel. It with, with right. LJ as kind of that hybrid wide receiver tight end, or even if, and when Ty Montgomery comes back, go double zero. So I, there's definitely certain times where you look at it and you're like, man, I wish I had the fullback right now. But I think on a whole, the way the personnel's set up, yes, it would be nice to have a fullback. Yeah. But the, the the pros outweigh the cons of not having one right now. The offense they wanted to run the, to, at the start of the season didn't require yeah. a fullback. They wanted to change this up. They wanted to you know spread it out a little bit more, let right. Mac throw when he can. Now with Mac hurt, the type of football they want to win with now with their backups and you know. It, it essentially inch themselves to a win. I guess a fullback would make more sense now, but at the end of the day, that's it. Doesn't I don't think they necessarily miss it because that's not the kind of football they want to play anymore. Um, let's mix last, and we we got to wrap soon because we got another show coming up on uh, on CLNS YouTube and uh, at eight fifteen. But quickly, we'll mix uh, uniforms from uh, for this weekend with yeah. last week's Thursday night football game. Did you like the Bengals white jerseys and uniforms last week? They were cool. I wouldn't, I don't want to see them regularly. Like once they're good for a Thursday night. Wide. Yeah. Perfect Thursday night Jersey. Yes. Yeah. Although it I did agree. sort of I, look like they're, I, I didn't like the all white be at midfield. It looked like they ran out of ink. Yeah, I agree. It looked funky, Um, but I love the white helmets. I love, and it's, it's ironic that as soon as helmets are starting to change, I believe this one shell rule that the 
NFL players was due to concussions and yeah, having one but... shell. As soon as they changed the rule and they start infiltrating it in, boom, Tua goes down and all this, you know, comes but up again. Tua was post. wearing the team's regular helmet. And... Right, no, of course. I'm not saying that was the reason, right. but I'm just saying it's funny No, I get what you're saying, but I will point the study that the one shell rule was based on was actually debunked like two years after they put it into practice. The real reason, I think, that I knew this you'd is kind of like a conspiracy <laughs> theory thing. The, the real reason that the one shell rule existed is for a while there, they weren't limiting. Remember Tom Brady had that old helmet. It was called the VS4, yep. the one that had like oh, yeah. the, the little raised part in the middle. So yep. just the circles on the side. Yep. Right. So basically, and there were a couple helmets like that. There was the old revolution one. Remember Michael Bennett wore it, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Companies stopped making those helmets, yet players were still wearing them. So they became incredibly expensive to get. So if you need two instead of one, it was becoming a problem. It was basically an, a way for the NFL to limit their helmet expenses. And then eventually, in a move that actually probably did help the concussion thing, they started making certain helmet, helmets illegal. Like those older helmets, yeah, they yep. actually made it. They, they play said players couldn't wear them anymore because they were too dangerous. Now yep. all the helmets the players are wearing are in regular production, so it's easier to get them. And that sort yeah. of facilitated the move back. Yeah, you remember, the first, remember those Zenith helmets that came about? I think I'm pretty sure the first ever Zenith is now... It's like those first, the very first shot, the very first Ride LVS4. Yeah. And I think like Z the first Zenith is also. Right. That was the uh, because they Ray Rice so wore that. Uh, yeah. Ray Rice and, and Joe Flacco. They also remember the yep. one, a bunch of the Giants players wore it. Ocho Cinco wore it when he played here. Yes. And it had the, the things on the, the side. Ion 4D with the, the thing coming back. out. Those are yeah. ugly, man. We yeah. Could, the, we there's could like talk helmet all the way uh, out too. There's a Twitter account called Helmet Stalker. If you go way yep. back on oh, your yeah. account. Uh, I think you can Google that. They they retest it every year. They actually rule out. I don't know if they rule out helmets every year, but every yeah. year the helmets have to repass certification. There's a chart. Um, yeah, there's this whole chart. It, that, it charts them out all. Oh, yeah. I'm a helmet yeah. guy too, Barth. Uh, so, you'll like nice. this, and you'll see it right behind me. This Worcester St. Lancer's helmet has the yeah. uh, the Marcus Mariota 808 face mask on, and I wore that my uh, my junior and senior year so, of college. So. Uh, full, uh, full disclosure, I think it's annoying when people who aren't from Hawaii wear that face mask. Aloha, baby. Because <laughs> that was the whole thing when it's they so introduced cool, that though. face it's mask. Awesome. No, I get it. It's the it's the area code. Yeah, you you might be too young though. When Marcus Mariota first wore that, and it was eight oh eight, and he was who, and he was like the whole Hawaiian quarterback thing, and the whole Hawaiian football thing is like kind of mainstream now with Tua and his brother and all that. Right. Right. This was like it was like there's this guy coming from Hawaii. What like yeah. players from Hawaii only played for Hawaii. They didn't play anywhere else. He's in right. Oregon and he's this dynamic player, Heisman candidate. And they came out with the 808, which was the zip code of Honolulu. It was like so cool. And I like Baker Mayfield's wearing it. I was going to say, like, you're not a fan of me and Baker wearing it anymore. <laughs> Baker Mayfield doesn't exactly scream tropical paradise. Geno so Smith, like Geno Smith wears it too. Cause they updated it for yeah. the, the, uh, the speed flex now too. So, so at cool. one point they had it. So the, um, the Air XP, which is the helmet that looks most like the old football helmet, like you think of. It's the one that's almost yep. entirely smooth, right? Mariota originally wore it with that. And it was re oh, it really right? looks okay. like 808. Like it, that, yeah, that was okay. the best. But yeah, so that's uh, nothing against you for wearing it. But that's, of course. I, I didn't even know if you, you might have been too, I didn't know if you even knew the backstory of it, of why that's oh, a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah it's because Marcus, it's Marcus Mariota Zipco there. All right, let's see it. Let's see it. There we go. Yeah. All right. You do. You got to have the visor. The guys and who the wear the 808 with the visor, that also bugs yeah. me. I just think it looks weird. Yeah. So there you go. Little little helmet talk for everybody. Yeah. All right. We do have to wrap, though. We got three minutes until right. our next show coming up here. Um, Barth, thank you for taking this last hour and 10 with me. As always, it's yep. a pleasure. Um, of course. Me and Alex, um, 
I'll be back Sunday for uh, Patriots postgame. We'll see if Alex can grab me in the rotation as well. We'll be back twice again next week. We will recap uh, this game and uh, preview the next uh, on the next day. So um, Pat's Lions at one. Uh, me and Alex will also both be there as well. Make sure you check out all of Alex's coverage on 98.5thesportsup.com. You can follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. You can check out my stuff uh, at clnsmedia.com. I posted my game preview today, gambling preview as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Cadlick for all my written stuff as well. Um, so that's that for today. We will see you guys next week. Thank you all for tuning in and uh, have a good night.